Hello, Friday night listeners. My name is Vivek Miragula, and this is Real Talk, where we're always rolling. Welcome to episode 8 of Real Talk, Increasing Impossibility. I'm here with returning guest Nathan Byrne. What is up? And we will be talking about the Mission Impossible series, all six of them, if, if I remember correctly. Yes, you are. Soon to be seven. Soon to be seven. Soon to be eight, actually. Yes, sir. Because seven has part one and part two. I thought they'd stop doing that after like the Harry Potter movies, but I guess I, I, you know what, I, I, guess I can trust Tom Cruise enough to know what he's doing movie wise but uh yeah so uh nathan do you just want to talk about um how you you sort of like introduced me to the mission impossible series real quick sure so i just randomly decided to get into new movies that i I hadn't seen before um i think it's like a a couple years ago i decided i was going to watch through all the mission impossible i had heard good things about them um so i I watched all through all of them i i kind of liked them and then over winter break i watched them again just while I was home, and I don't know what it was second time around, but I, like, I've grown to, like, really appreciate what all of them were. Like, they're not perfect by any means, but I caught so many things that I missed the first time, um, and, I mean, I just loved them. I had right. so, so many, there were so many cool things that went on them, so I tried to <laughs> convince everyone to watch as many as possible. And well, well you did. That It did succeed, um... But I, I think that convincing went a bit uh, too far because, like, how many times have you seen Mission Impossible 1 now? Um, <laughs> I think it was maybe five or six times. Yeah. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe a little overboard. You must be you must be sick of, of that movie. I'm yeah. not going to lie. The, the first one's definitely not the best, but it's like yeah. I got to start out with that one yeah. with everyone that I want to see it. And so so uh, just a quick overview for listeners who are tuning in. So Mission Impossible started out as a TV show in the 60s, and it was essentially about – this uh this group called the Im- Impossible Mission Force, which <laughs> such a goofy name. It's just I mean it's okay. As someone who likes like superheroes and stuff, who was like a lot of those stuff was made in the sixties. Like my favorite superhero is Spider Man. He was made in the sixties, and you know it's like okay, it's goofy, but like we'll just roll with it. I'm fine with it, but it definitely is really goofy. But it was a TV show in the sixties, and um I sort of got off air in the in the seventies, and then in the eighties when Tom Cruise was big. They were planning to do essentially a TV reboot of it, and it was just gonna be like episode remakes of just like the '60s show with like new actors. And then Tom Cruise was like, "No, no, 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 no. I, I, I want to do this." So he bought the rights to it, and he essentially wrote his own version of Mission Impossible, where he gets to be like the coolest guy ever, and like the the old Mission Impossible main character turned out to be evil. And so, from that perspective, it is kind of like funny in a way. It's like wow, you know, like, Tom Cruise couldn't even, like, I, I guess, like, it's just, like, he wrote his own version where he's the the main character. Yeah. But, you know, um, but, yeah, so there's there's six of these movies, and as listeners know, we kind of, like, run through um, time really quickly. So, you know, we're just going to talk about, you know, Mission Impossible 1 right now. If you want to watch Mission Impossible 1, it's a good movie. It came out in the 90s, so the CGI is kind of weird. Characters are pretty good. Uh, Tom Cruise is a good actor. You know, he always has been. And yeah, that, that's like the most you can really say about the first one. 
Yeah, the the first one to me, it like it sets the formula, um, like the whole uh showing, um, like the the look into like the quote unquote the spy universe that sort of thing, introducing Tom Cruise as the main character, yeah. um, and it it has a good formula, like I said, um, there's all the different impossible missions that they have to do, um, it, it it's cool to see, um, different like parts of the world, mm-hmm. like um we always joke about like. Through all the movies, they go like everywhere. Like it yeah. starts out immediately in like Prague in yeah. the Czech Republic. Um, so that, that was that was cool for me. Right. It, it set that tone, but also at the same time, with it being, I think it came out in '99. Yeah, like it, it came out so long ago that it, it's kind of dated, but almost in a cool nostalgic yeah, way. Yeah, it's it's you know it's really really '90s, but like it's it, it's such a cool movie. But you want to know what's also a cool movie, Nathan? What? Mission Impossible 2. Oh boy, we're just skipping so, right over. <laughs> look, look, Mission Impossible 1 is a is a good movie. Mission Impossible 2 is not a good movie by any means, but it is so goofy and so funny and just exudes like you know the best way I can I, I can describe Mission Impossible 2 is like have you ever seen like a YouTube video of like a dude attempting a stunt and like he just completely fails. Yeah. But but you're like, "Okay, you know what? He tried." And there are, like, some cool parts there. That's this movie. This movie is horrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, like from, a, from a movie perspective. But it's just, it's just fun, man. It is so funny. I will say, the the first one, it's not really memorable, except for the one scene. Yeah, like, the, the the one y'all know where, like, he's he's holding on by, like a like, a thread, and he's, like, laid out on, like, above the floor, and he's, like, trying to get the data... Um, but like the second one, it's just, it starts off with Tom Cruise mountain climbing with no gear on. Yeah, it's, it's definitely great. There's the whole, um, what was I going to say? It's, it's very kind of a similar plot to the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Ethan has to try to save the day. There's like a, there's a virus going around. It's kind of a, it's, it's definitely kind of a dumb plot that gets stretched out a little bit, but it's so memorable for all the wrong reasons like there's uh tom cruise is climbing up the side of a mountain and suka nana is playing in the background and um i think one another random reference that they have is like their team is trying to find him to give him a mission and there he is mountain climbing and then when he reaches the top of the mountain they shoot a missile like containing sunglasses so he opens up like a container and there's sunglasses, and when he puts on the sunglasses, that's how his message is delivered to him. Mm-hmm. And then they do the whole um, one of the running gags is like you know the your mission should you choose yeah. to accept it, and then the message self destructs. Um, in this case, because they're sunglasses, like he throws the sunglasses at the camera, and then they just explode into fire. And that's the intro. That's the it's it's. <laughs> and oh, and also the Mission Impossible theme in this one isn't orchestral; it's a guitar remix by Limp Biscuit. <laughs> this is okay. The last one was really '90s. This one is like a solid like 2002 movie. It is so early 2000s. It goes crazy. Yeah, it's they they lean in hard to like the rock element, yeah. all all the stuff going on. His and we we joke about this too. His hair. It's like we're saying, like you can tell whether or not a Mission Impossible movie will be good depending on whether or not he has long or short hair. Because in the first one, his hair is like kind of short. It's kind of weird, and I don't like it. But in this one, he has like locks of hair, and he's just like <laughs> he's like running around and. 
It's just so goofy. It's so goofy. You you want to know what else is goofy about this movie? Let's what talk else? about the goofiest part of this movie, this villain. Oh my god. Oh, I, I'm not going to replicate his accent. No, not <laughs> not not on air. But um so the the setup is actually really good. I think you see like Tom Cruise and you know, there's like a a thing about the Mission Impossible movies is that they can make masks and they have like special sort of like things they put on like their throats. They're kind of like I guess strips would be the best way to call them. So where you can like copy someone's voice, right? Yeah. So so like like okay, that makes sense. But like so you see Tom Cruise and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm evil Tom Cruise or whatever." And then he like takes off his mask and you you see the villain. Like I don't even know his name. What was his name? Sean Ambrose. Yeah, okay. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like he's so forgettable. I forgot his name. Yeah. But, you know, Sean Ambrose over here is like, "Ah, I'm evil Ethan Hunt cuz you know, he's like he's like an IMF agent gone rogue, the impossible mission force yeah. agent who's gone rogue." The same plot as the first yeah. one. But. And and if if anyone has ever seen any superhero movie, you're like, okay, you know, like like basic evil foil to good guy. This is so easy to write, and they didn't write it. He is horrible. There's not a single moment in this movie where I thought, this man is a threat to Ethan Hunt. The entire movie, I was thinking, this man's going to trip on a banana peel and snap his own neck. Like, he's just so incompetent and so goofy and then i don't think he gets a single win in this entire film like i he's just i don't i don't know man yeah he has so many like kind of clever moments but he's also this australian guy oh, so like you can't take him seriously i don't i don't think the problem is that he's australian you can make an australian villain scary i think this yeah. dude was just badly written also fun fact about this the actor for sean ambrose was supposed to play wolverine in the in the original X Men movies, uh, Tom Cruise wanted to do reshoots that ended up going on a bit longer than they should have, so the actor had to drop out. And as we know, they decided, okay, we'll just pick up Broadway actor Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and the rest is history. But the entire time I'm watching this movie, I am thinking, you know, whatever God is out there, thank God this man was not Wolverine. He could not have pulled it off. It's so crazy. Another, um, another really funny thing about this movie is all the, the there's so many different shots that oh, emphasize right. random things. Yeah. So, um, the cinematography like paints Ethan Hunt or you know Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, in like, almost like a a godlike fashion. He's, you know, it's always orange like near him. Yeah. It's it's almost like, like he's the savior almost yeah. in in a light term, and then. Mm-hmm. There's this weird trope with birds as well. Oh, there's like my there's God. doves. So like the in the climax he's like running trying to save the day and they do um another big trope is they use a ton of slow motion. Yeah. Um that's that's classic early 2000 yeah. stuff, but um uh, like he's running away from a fire or something and there's like these doves coming out. Um it, it's so funny how they like they emphasize the randomest of things. But I will say the coolest moment in this movie um even on rewatch was mm-hmm. cool to see they had a really cool moment with the masks so right um ethan fights uh, one of the main villains like henchmen mm-hmm. towards the end um but it's off screen like you see them fighting but you don't know who wins and later on it shows the henchmen like dragging ethan hunt like towards him and the villain's like oh finally i won so like he shoots him a bunch of times and like monologues and stuff um but it turns out that uh 
it was just the henchman with a mask on and then Ethan with a mask on for the henchman. So, like, they switch spots. Mm-hmm. So even the audience doesn't know, along with the villain, that the two people were switched. So the villain ends up shooting his own henchman, which I thought that was a really cool moment. Yeah, it was insane. Also, Alec Baldwin's in this movie. That's no, that's a different movie. No, 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 no. Who's the Who's the director in this one? Um, no, it's Anthony Hopkins. Anthony that's Hopkins, my bad. Yeah. Why is he in this? <laughs> I don't know, and he never comes back. And he says he says the greatest line of all time. He goes, "Well, it isn't mission difficult, Mister Hunt. It's mission impossible. So this is what you should be expecting." Bro, it's like ten minutes of screen time. I I just want to know if Anthony Hopkins hopped onto this because he thought, okay, Tom Cruise, right? Like, like this, this is going to be something cool. And then two days into filming, he just goes, oh, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> like, I... Yeah. If... So the, the first four are free on Prime, like Amazon Prime. So if you're inclined to watch them, you can. You should. I you would... Should. Can you get away with skipping the first two? Um, the, well, the interesting thing, I was going to bring this up, but it's like, they're almost in an episode type format yeah. where something happens, like in the first movie, everything happens in its own like universe almost. Right. And they almost don't reference it again. Mm-hmm. There are subtle references in future movies and the one that's coming out, the seventh one, right. um, does make a big reference to the first movie. I won't go into huge detail about what that is, mm-hmm. but like. What happens in the first movie isn't carried over to the second movie. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about the third movie a little bit later. But yeah. it also doesn't continue into the third movie. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It sets up the whole universe and, like, what Tom Cruise does as Ethan Hunt, like, how that goes. Yeah. But they never reference what happened in future movies, which is definitely, like like I said, it's like an episodic-type format. Mm-hmm. Um which means that you can like get away with pretty much anything that happened in the first three movies because right. it just doesn't happen again. But I mean, you don't have to watch the first two, mm-hmm. but I would I would just recommend it. Just th- they're a fun time. They're not the yeah. best. Definitely bottom tier of all the movies. Um, we haven't really talked about like how, you know, we we talked about the second one's just not very good at all. But entertainment's up there. But like the first two movies are like unanimously unanimously thought as the weakest of the franchise just mm-hmm. as overall movies they have some great moments but like yeah. y- you can skip them if you want yeah. you want to know what you can't skip these PSA breaks so after this <laughs> so after this PSA break we'll be going into Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible 4 and you can find that only here on Real Talk Alright everyone, we're back with uh, Real Talk Episode 8 about Mission Impossible. So on this segment, we will be talking about Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible 4. So I'm here with my friend Nathan. What is up? Alright, so um, you know what, I guess we can just really just like jump right into it. So, um... Already. Right, yeah, so Mission Impossible 3 sort of uh, starts kind of differently than where 2 ended. So 2 ends with uh, Ethan Hunt walking off with the with the W O W, the woman of the week, uh, off into the sunset. 
But um, yeah, so in this one, um, he's begging Philip Seymour Hoffman not to shoot his wife. And that's how the movie starts. Oh man, it's it's an instant tone shift. It's like the, a, it's very scary too. <laughs> it's kind of a jump scare. Yeah, the the second one, so you got the first one, the second one are like super lighthearted. Yeah, and then like you immediately start the second one with um, the third one. Like uh, sorry, the third one. Yeah, <laughs> um, a third one. It almost it like jumps at you right away. Yeah, with um, a clip from later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in media res. Yes. Um, with Ethan Hunt, uh, now with someone new, yeah. Um, we find out, and uh, basically, the the villain's like, um, why 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 shouldn't I shoot her? Where where's the rabbit's foot? Yeah. Where's the rabbit? That, that's like, yeah. it's a it's a low key interrogation. You're like, it's oh, not shoot. it's it's not a low key interrogation. He has his wife at gunpoint. And that's a very high key interrogation right there. Yeah, it's. Man, I tell you, watching watch it the first time, I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, because oh we, we started right after. And so this one is directed by J.J. By Abrams. And you can tell because there's so much lens flare lens and everything's flares, so bright. Yeah. And the skin tones are all orange and there's like dirt everywhere. And you're like, man, did anyone on this, sh- this, this like set shower or like whatever? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so in this one, Ethan Hunt has a wife. Like an actual wife. Yep, and they they show a backstory. Like yeah. they show him before, like at a party or whatever, and it, it's kind of weird. I'm like a lot. I him forgot just being that. A, I yeah, forgot that he's just like it. a normal person. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then then we, of course we get into the actual plot point. Yeah. But in my opinion, this is really where the series starts to take off. I would off. say, I would say you need you like if you're gonna start with one, you need to start with this one. Yeah. Because like this one's the most important. This one introduces people also ethan has left and he's coming back so like that could also be a good jumping on point right i know there was talk about this being the final one i'm really happy it isn't but if it if it if it had (laughs) ended here i wouldn't be mad you know what i mean like yeah like i understand uh why like you wouldn't want to end it here um also aaron paul aka jesse from breaking bad is in this for like two seconds, I forgot about and that, and that's really funny. But you know, let's let's talk about the the greatest character in Mission Impossible, who, who's who's in this. All right, let's talk about Luther real quick. Yes. Okay. So I can't believe we haven't talked about we, him yet. We, we, it's he, the one returning character. He doesn't do much in one and two. Oh, well, yes, he, he does. He you does. remember? Okay, in the I, first movie, he's part of the accomplice of when they steal the, like the knock list. Yeah, like they break into the CIA. And then and I guess, but in like in the second one, he's just kind of there. But yeah. I mean, I mean, those movies aren't important. So let's let's talk about this one. So Luther is his thing is computer hacking. Like he's a he's a he's an expert computer hacker, and his entire role is essentially to go. Uh, Ethan, I don't know if you can do that. And then Ethan does it, and he goes, <laughs> Ethan, I believed in you the entire time. <laughs> And so he's great. I there's a there's a scene in in this uh, where he's he's telling Ethan he's like you can't bring a woman into this life, and I think it's one of the best jokes in the series because he's going on into this long thing about how he should be able to let a woman go, and Ethan just goes, "Dude, I got married last week." Yeah, I remember, that. and he's like, "Congratulations!" And and so um, in this one, uh, what is the so. It's not the Vatican. What do they break into? No, that it, this is the Vatican. They so okay. They break into that, the Vatican. That's like the one? that's the second act. Is yes. when they they have to go into the Vatican to so like the main villain, mm-hmm. um, Owen Davian, I believe. Yeah. Um, they have to get his. Um, they have to find out what is like what he's trying to steal and like intercept mm-hmm. it. 
that's the whole like plot of the movie. So they go to the Vatican, and then the last part. Remember, the end is China. That's when yeah. uh, he abducts his wife. So right. like he gets what he needs to for the villain mm-hmm. to save his wife, which is kind of a nice like flip on what's yeah. normal. And th- I think the the villain in this one is actually really good. Yeah, this is the first one where you're like terrified. Yeah, this of one. The dude. This is actually so like out of the six movies, I'd say like three of them have good villains, and this is one of the three. I think four's villain is really weak. Five has a pretty good villain, and six has like an okay villain. Well, five and six are technically the same, if you want to think about it. I like, guess no, no, no. But like, well, okay. Once well, well, once we get to well, five, and yeah, six. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that. But like this one, I think this is one of the best. Mission it honestly Impossible might villain. be the best. Yeah, because he's just so scary, and he's his his emotional status is just so calm. Like he always has everything in control. Like even his like. Because, like, uh, like, I'm going to say he dies. But, like, like even yeah. his death is, like, so sudden. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, so funny. Yeah, he's not, he's, he's not like, curse you, Ethan Hunt, or whatever. He just gets hit by a car. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, for, <laughs> um, this, for this movie. but Yeah, but there's this one. Um, this is another kind of spoiler. Towards mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie, right. they actually catch him. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. They eventually break him out later. That's yeah. a little bit of a common theme in these movies. Yeah. But um, they actually catch the villain, and... Uh, Tom Cruise's character is trying to interrogate him and get information out of him. Mm-hmm. And the entire time he's like sitting in this chair on an airplane being interrogated, um, he's like, uh, do you have a wife? Like, who, who do you love? You know who I'm going to do next after I get like out of here? And he's trying to ask him all these questions. And the villain just sits there the entire time, like stone faced, mm-hmm. just um, threatening like Tom Cruise's character the whole time. It's yeah. it's honestly kind of shocking. Yeah. But and then he does exactly what he said he would as soon as he gets out. It's right because he he kidnaps Tom Cruise's like wife in this, and like mm-hmm. we're just gonna call him Tom Cruise. No one calls him Ethan Hunt. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, but it's like um, no, this one's just so good. But you know, let's let's jump on to probably the peak of the series, Mission Impossible Four. Yes. Can I add one more thing about the third one? Sorry, yeah. before we go, mm-hmm. another. Another kind of theme in this franchise, as we talked about before, is like including a bunch of random actors, mm-hmm. like high list A list actors, in smaller roles. Oh my that god! Don't I, come just, back. I just remember it, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Why is, is he movie. in this? <laughs> He's in this, and they almost frame it as the villain for part yeah. of the time too. Um, it's funny. I forgot this movie also kind of has a twist villain, sort of. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really work too well. I like uh, the main villain better. Yeah. But. but yeah, I just thought that was so random that Lawrence yeah. Fishburne was yeah. in there, and he never comes back. Yeah. So. And speaking of speaking of A list actors, that okay, but this one actually comes back. So number four introduces Jimmy Renner. Yes. And um, I I think like I was saying, this is this is the best one. So this one starts off, and he's in he's in like a, a Russian prison, right? Yes, this is the one where. Yeah, and and you you're know. like, why is Ethan here? And then it's like, oh, his wife secretly died, and um. Reveal like, that later on. Yeah, and it's like um. Oh, you know, uh, he went to go get the guys who did it, and that's why he's in a Russian prison. And the entire time, you're like, okay, this doesn't seem like Ethan Hunt. This this doesn't seem like what Tom Cruise would do. I mean, like, maybe Tom Cruise would do it, but this doesn't seem like what Ethan Hunt would do. So, you know, it's it's just so... So you're just sitting on the edge of your seat the entire time. Yeah. And so um, then then Simon Pegg shows up, and he's like, my name's Benji. Well, he's in the third movie, actually. He was in the third movie for, like... Just for a little bit. For, like, a, a scene. The second best character of the franchise, in my opinion. Yeah, it's kind of funny how Ethan is like low key one of the weaker characters in his own franchise. That's true. The, that's the one of the highlight of the fourth movie. Like that. Why? Why is my favorite personally? Mm-hmm. Um, 
is uh like all of the side characters besides tom cruise are like they're, they're such great actors you have right. like luther like who's like the computer guy right. benji who's also kind of the computer guy mm-hmm. like he's more like the guy at the chair kind of person yeah um and then you also have um i forget what the lady's name is in yeah this one. it's 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 a new wlw woman of the week so this one this one's my favorite though i think this one's the best one yeah for sure yeah. but the like I was saying, the, one of the another cool thing about it is mm-hmm. like the villain's not that strong. The plot is like it, it doesn't make too much sense what the main so villain's trying to do. So the main villain is essentially like a was he like a Russian nationalist? Was that what he was? No, he's the um he was the nuclear like yeah yeah the nuclear yeah. physicist. Yeah no 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 because because they break into the Kremlin in this one. Yes, that's why. Ooh. It's it's so great because like you have three separate break-ins, yeah, and they're all like in. So you have the first act, which is them trying to break into the Kremlin. Like there's this whole thing with mm-hmm. the Kremlin, and then they get framed for something that they didn't do. The Kremlin ends up like being blown up while they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mission Impossible, like the IMF, actually like dissolves. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called Ghost Protocol. Right. So like. You know, it's oh, it's Ghost Protocol, but um, <laughs> it's like you have that scene, like you have Russia, and then they go to Dubai, and they have this whole thing on the Burj Khalifa, where like yeah. you've probably seen like scenes of it before, where he's like walking down the outside of the tallest building in the world. That's just so cool. I love that heist. And then they go to India go for the to last India. part, and they they interact with Indian Iron Man, as we like to call him. He's so goofy. <laughs> I forget what his name is, but like I the, don't, I don't remember what his name is. He's he's funny though. Yeah, all but like all three of the locations, all three of the plot points while they're there, like it's action packed the whole time. Mm-hmm. It it just makes me smile every time I watch it. Yeah, it's I mean it's just such it's just it's just a good movie. Like, I can talk about, like, two and three because they have, like, sort of weak points. I think this one is really the best one. And then also, you know, it's just, like, I do want to say, like, against four, I think the final fight in this one is not very good. Yeah. The it's, location's cool. The location is, like, a car vending machine, sort of. It's a cool idea to have but it But Ethan Hunt has no connection to this villain like he did the last one. And no connection like he did... In that he's going to have in five and six, right? The the villain in this one's like the one like big drawback. Yeah, that's like the only thing that they. If you fix. took the villain from three and put him in this movie, I think it would work really. That that really would be well. that would be way too OP. I think I I think it would have been really 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 good, but you know for for what it is, um, you know just just quickly if we're going by like, like rankings of like just these four, I'd go four three two one in my opinion. That's that's a that's a good ranking. Like, yeah, I would probably go four, three, one, two. Mm-hmm. Um, one two's, and two's at the bottom for you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's got the entertainment value, but mm-hmm. man, it is not a good movie. Yeah. Um, well, we already talked about that though. Yeah, so. but you want to know what always has entertainment value? What? These PSA breaks. So, oh boy. <laughs> uh, so after these PSA breaks, we'll talk about Mission Impossible Five and Mission Impossible Six. Uh, and you can find that conversation only right here on Real Talk.
All right, everybody, welcome back to episode eight of Real Talk. I'm here with my friend Nathan. What is up? And we're going to be talking about Mission Impossible Five and Mission Impossible Six. And so we were talking about this a bit during the ad break or the PSA break. I, I think these kind of fall off a little bit in my in, in my in my humble opinion. That's but. fair. I mean, de- definitely a somewhat valid opinion. Mm-hmm. But I would have to disagree, personally. All right. Well, you know, let's let's just get right into it. So let's get into Mission Impossible Five. Um, so four sort of leaves on like such a grand note, but four and five are very connected. So at the end of four, uh, Tom Cruise learns about this thing called the Syndicate, and I think this one's really cool because he goes and he like gets his specific like CD to listen to the message, and he's like, "Oh, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is what we would say." If we weren't secretly the syndicate, and we know you, Tom Cruise, and we have poison gas in the building, you know, have fun. Yeah, and he gets captured right away. Yeah, and it's it's funny, and then so they have some, they have another woman of the week, and this one's like a British secret agent spy, and I don't like her, and I really wish they brought the girl from Four back. Yeah, well, the thing about she, uh, he never actually is, like, romantically involved with either of those two. Cause yeah, because he has a wife. He still has a wife, in, like, in hiding, almost. Yeah. It's kind of like they do the Spider-Man thing, where it's like, yeah. I can't be, be with, with you, you because my I'm, job is too I'm, powerful. I'm Tom Cruise. Yeah, that, and, that whole thing. And so you're like, okay, yeah, man, whatever, all right. You want to keep, keep making these movies, I get it. And so, you know, you, you, just, you just go through the motions, and it's like, she's just... I don't dislike her as a character. I think the problem really stems from the fact that like her whole deal is that her country is forcing her to do this thing and she they, they try to set up this really nice parallel of like with tom cruise where it's like oh you're just gonna have to keep doing this again and again and again and tom cruise's solution is just yeah well if i have to do it again i'll keep doing it because i love america and it's like okay so you stripped the character of any like actually unique things you know what i mean like i feel like it's just such a cop-out in that regard yeah i mean it does it does give the um her name's ilsa i believe yeah or the, the british lady mm-hmm. i mean honestly not the greatest built character i have to agree with that but it's kind of nice to have someone else who has like a similar experience with mm-hmm. like similar knowledge um their dynamic does kind of get a little bit weird when she's kind of romantically involved with him but not the other way around yeah but it's it's not that's not really that big of a deal um <laughs> well the good news is is there are other characters that shine a lot in this movie yeah. um you have benji is a big big character in this movie oh yeah i, I think he does great he gets um, kidnapped he does get kidnapped that's a spoiler a little, a little bit but i mean we, we've given away so much yeah spoilers. we're gonna talk about spoilers in this it's like it doesn't matter yeah but like um I think they have a lot better of like a, a villain background as well. Oh yeah, there's a whole. One. So it's a it's a similar story to the fourth one where there's a there's a secret organization and they're trying to um, like uproot like society because change like brings about the best times like that whole thing again. Um, so like there's basically they call them the syn- the syndicate. And I think it's also cool how they refer to it as the anti-IMF. So, like, while the IMF is going out to try to keep world peace, there's the syndicate, which is trying to, like, basically a terrorist organization. Um, So, like, 
part of the movie they assassinate the Austrian prime minister. Um, there's also a section where they, uh, that's a later movie, but they'll like contaminate a water supply in the next movie. Like they do all these sort of things to, um, uproot worlds, like the world order. And so another interesting like point about this movie is that we find out later that it was, um, like created by the British government. So the whole reason why the syndicate is like doing what they do in like a specific job is that they need access to a black box which has like monetary funds, like billions of dollars in funds. So um, like you have the syndicate wreaking havoc, trying to get all this money. Um, and it, it's from the British government and then like the British government has the tie to Ilsa. So it does have that dynamic, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, and it's also just like, so its whole thing is that, you know, like you were saying, it's, they were like from Britain and it was supposed to be like a secret service thing so that they could like counteract America's IMF. But I don't know, it just, it works better than it does in four. I don't think it works as good as three. Because I think, the, the problem with sort of upstaging IMF is that they don't write Ethan to ever be wrong. And that's sort of something we'll talk about, like, six in, like, a little bit. But I always get this feeling that they're afraid to make, like, Ethan Hunt look like a bad guy. You know what I mean? That's true. And so, you know, it just... it The villain... this If the villain himself was just, like, a random dude, I think that would have worked a lot better. There's also, like, a stretch of this, because it's called Rogue Nation or whatever, uh, where Ethan does go rogue, and then they skip that part. Like, he's rogue for six months, and they just have a six-month time skip in this. That's true. Like, the CIA is still looking for him. Yeah, and I thought that was weird. I completely forgot this is also the movie. There's a plot point where the IMF gets, like, like integrate it into a part of the cia mm-hmm. like they there's a whole argument that like the ims not necessary anymore they're dangerous they're reckless mm-hmm. and they like join the cia and that's where alec baldwin which you were talking about earlier comes in um he's like the director of the cia yeah. like the big bad cia gets and, involved and he he has a good point he says hey the imf has been like lucky half the time and they are like like a lot of their stuff is skill but like so much of their stuff is luck you know what i mean which is, I mean, it's part of the movie. It's part it's of the like, movie. Yeah. Like, even in this movie, there's a scene where, like, Tom Cruise, like, loses, like, two data packs or whatever. He has to put in the right one, and he just so happens to put in the right one. That's true. And it's, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. It's like a 50-50 chance. Right, but let's let's talk about uh, Six right now. And because we're talking about spoilers, Henry Cavill is the bad guy. Yeah, but I don't, he's cool. He's I don't cool. care. <sighs> I feel like I'm complaining about the villains a lot. This was the one that I said had the, the okay villain. I think... If they had told the audience he was a bad guy and then we knew he was a bad guy and it was like dramatic irony, it would have worked so much better than them trying to go like, oh, I wonder who the secret evil bad guy is. Okay, here's this uh, secret CIA agent who's like just as good as Tom Cruise that we've just never talked about. Yeah, it's kind of like it's similar to what they did with Mysterio in um, Far From Home. Yeah, it's it's kind of like where it's a traditionally bad guy that you mm-hmm. can like tell. Yeah, but they try to like say, "Oh, he's he's fine." He because... looks evil in this. Yeah, like he just looks like a bad guy yeah. in this. Like and... it, if he looked like normal Henry Cavill, 
like without the mustache or whatever, I would have been like, yeah, that's just Henry Cavill. And then if he turned it to be evil, I'd be like, okay, I didn't see this coming. In this one, he has like a like an eighties like cop movie villain stash, and he's like, he's like, oh, you'll never catch me, Inspector Hunt. Like that's what he looks like, dude. He looks evil, and then he turns out to be evil. And I'm like, oh, okay, no one saw this coming. I mean, that, that's kind of fair. Yeah. Um, I personally think that. I would almost enjoy the movie a little bit more if so like the, the main plot point is that uh at the beginning of the movie there's still people trying to break out Solomon Lane which is like the villain from the last movie. Yeah. It does kind of drag on for a little bit while like that once again in order to like to find out more information um there's that's like another there's a plot point about people involved with the syndicate still trying to use like nuclear weapons like that's why it's called fallout yeah um to like blow up holy sites and whatever or, like yeah. or just re like re chaos again like the whole point of um like more chaos equals more stability afterwards like that whole argument um but i think it just drags on a little bit long because they try to bring solomon lane into it again even though he's been captured um like i said there's this whole plot point where Tom Cruise, in order to find out more information, to um, at the beginning of the movie, he makes a mistake to save Luther, who's part of his team, and so um, he's trying to fix what he did before and get back the nuclear weapons. Um, in order to do that, he has to assist in breaking out Solomon Lane. I think that part is it's pretty cool in action sequence, but like the fact that they drag it on from the previous movie is... Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I, I appreciate that they like continue the storyline, but I feel like Solomon Lane as a villain kind of died in the first movie, mm -hmm. more so. Um, so I liked Henry Cavill more. His argument of like, uh, he at the beginning he was like a almost framed as like a a CIA like member for life sort of thing, where like he would do anything the CIA says. The CIA says to bring in Tom Cruise because he messed up. So um, there's that thing, but then he ends up being like a terrorist himself kind of and it's it's it feels like a cop-out you know yeah it's, it's like what i was saying then don't allow ethan hunt to be wrong also the trailers for this if you go back and watch it there's a scene where henry Cavill goes like oh how many times has ethan hunt been betrayed or whatever i thought he was actually just gonna like be evil in this one but yeah yeah there, there are definitely some weaker points in this movie but like once again the ending is yeah. I, I love the ending fight um, they're like up in the mountains and everything. There's like a helicopter battle. It's basically like Top Gun and Mission yeah. Impossible put together with helicopters. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of high stakes with like nuclear weapons sort of thing. Yeah. Um, his wife comes back. Let's his, talk about. Let's talk about that real quick. Yep. This is they finally like fully embraced keeping characters that they had before. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting. His his wife comes back and she has a new husband and I feel really bad for the husband because her his wife's making goo goo eyes with some random guy and he's just like. I'm here helping this village. Uh, sure, I'll leave you with Tom Cruise. And it's like, dude, I feel so bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> He's just so innocent. He's like, wow, honey, I can't believe you know this guy. And she goes, yeah, we used to be friends. And I'm like, wow, this is very awkward. <laughs> uh, so, look, I, I'm not against Ethan Hunt having a wife. I think the problem is they haven't integrated her in a way. I think the last time they integrated her that was good was in 3. 
In four, she's like dead, but she's not there. In five, they kind of bring it up like once in a while, and then in this one, she just shows up again. So I'm really hoping in seven, she becomes sort of bigger. But like I, I think, I think Fallout just isn't, I guess, my cup of tea. That's I th- fair. I think there's a certain vibe four and five had that I think were really good, and then I think this one tried to be a bit more serious, and I think that that just doesn't work for Mission Impossible. Yeah, it's definitely, as the movies get further on, they have more of a modern take. Mm-hmm. Like, you can definitely tell that when each movie was made. Right. Because, um, it, like, it conforms a little bit to society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, because the first one was made back in, like, the 90s. So right. you got the old feel. And then now it's definitely more like a blockbuster type. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which they take everything seriously, kind of like an MCU. But, yeah. y- you know, it, it works. It works sometimes. It doesn't work the other time. You want to know what works all the time, though? PSA breaks. So after these PSA breaks, we're gonna come back and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about stuff that we we weren't able to talk about in the previous three sections. And you can find those talks only here on Real Talk. Everybody, we're back with episode 8 of Real Talk. I'm here with my friend Nathan. Hello again. And so we're just going to be talking about uh, just just stuff we, we wanted to cover that we couldn't cover in the last three segments about Mission Impossible. And we'll talk about uh, the new movie, Dead Reckoning, just like, just a bit. And you can find that talk only right here on Real Talk. So, uh, Nathan, you, you ready to just jump into it? Oh, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. So do you just want to just introduce what Dead Reckoning is? Yeah, so um, the seventh and the eighth movies in the franchise are coming out um, this July and next June, I believe. They're so also like the a, finale. Yes, I supposedly. Like you know how movies yeah, work I nowadays. Guess. Yeah. Um, but based off of where the franchise is heading, I wouldn't be surprised, and like how they're showing the trailers, um, I really wouldn't be surprised if they just finish it here and like end this particular storyline here, because. It's like, finally, we have all the same characters in line. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a similar plot line over the last few movies. It's almost like a chapters in a book um, with Ghost Protocol, Road Nation, and Fallout. It's like, like they're all together. So um, I'm just looking forward to seeing, like, how it concludes. The trailers are hyping up. That's, like, the biggest stunts they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're just taking it to, like, a level 11, it seems like. So I, I personally can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think if they can capture what made 4 and 5 good and go back to sort of being slightly goofy and slightly like unrealistic, I think that will make it more fun than watching 6 cuz I I personally didn't enjoy 6 yeah. that much. So, but um yeah, they're also bringing back uh Kittridge. So we didn't talk about this a bit because he's not very memorable, but in Mission Impossible 1 um, Ethan always just, like, bumps head with the leader of whoever IMF is that week because they seem to, like, rotate, like, every other movie. Yeah, But in, in the first one, his thing is Kittredge, and so they bring him back for for Dead Reckoning. And so I think that was really nice that they're, they're bringing him back. Uh, do you think they're, gonna, they're just going to bring back everybody for this one? 
I hope not. I think some characters are good to bring back and to reference, but yeah. like I said, it um, the series almost shines a little bit starting at like four. I like how they started almost like mm-hmm. continuous plot points. Three and four are kind of where everything continues. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Like too many callbacks is. I, I think that's a little overboard. Yeah. If you know what I mean. <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I choked on. I checked on my own spit for a second, but um, yeah. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't even know too many callbacks was a thing. You startled me, but uh, <laughs> but like, 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 you don't need the computer guy from two. Yeah, it's like I said. A lot of points from uh the first one and the second one, for sure. Like you, you can definitely just like let him go. Like the the villain from the second movie. Well, he's like, dead, right? Is he? I forget. It, as you can see, this is how like non-memorable. I thought they, the I thought they shot him. I mean, I guess he could be alive. Like, I, I, like so many things happen in these movies. Right, but like personally, what I hope they do with the seventh one, you're talking about like going back to what make the fourth the fourth one special. Um, why I think the fourth one is like the cream of the crop at the top, is yeah. because um, like it goes back to what everyone thinks of when they think of Mission Impossible is like. You don't think of as much, like, the characters. Mm-hmm. You think of, like, the heists, what goes on, um, all the different plot points. Like, all, all the big stakes, the big heists, the big action sequences. Tom like, Cruise trying to kill himself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, he certainly gets into all sorts of situations. Yeah. But, like, like I, was, I was talking about, like, scaling the Burj Khalifa. Like, there's a moment in the fifth one where they have to, like, like swim underwater to like a underwater computer and like switch out the chips. Yeah, um, and he he just he loses oxygen. He just can't breathe for a solid <laughs> like a solid thing. And we're like, "Tom Cruise, are you okay?" And it's like like I'm 100% sure he did some part of that practically. Cuz cuz for the sixth one, he learned how to fly a helicopter so his character can act like he doesn't know how to fly a helicopter. He is committed to these roles. Like this role especially. Yeah, he he takes years to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't, what I think what makes these movies so good mm-hmm. is that they took their time making all of these. Mm-hmm. Like when you have six movies across over twenty years. Yeah. And now now almost eight movies across um over twenty years. You have late nineties, um you have like early two thousands into twenty tens with like the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Um like they take four years in between each one to mm-hmm. like carefully plan what's going on next. I think that's less of like what speaks for it on the storyline. Once again, while I was going back to where it shines so much is all the action sequences, all the heists, all the like you can tell they put so much time and energy. That's really where Tom Cruise thrives is just like mm-hmm. feeding off of like all these death defying stunts and all these mm-hmm. things that he likes to do. Yeah, I just you know. I'm I'm this is this is gonna be the first one I see in theaters, so I'm, I same yeah, I have not seen it. I'm gonna be really excited to see this, but you know it just. I really hope they end it after eight. I hope I hope we don't have like a Mission Impossible: The Next Generation or whatever. I yeah. don't. I think without Tom Cruise, I think yeah. it loses a lot of its. Speaking speaking of which. You know, let's just theorize right now. How do you think eight is gonna end? Do you think eight is gonna end with Ethan Hunt like sacrificing himself, or do you think he's gonna like ride off into the sunset with his wife and they're gonna have like a kid or whatever? I I low key hope I I want hope is kind of a strong word, but like ending it with him sacrificing himself would be 
I think poetic just yeah. because in so many of these movies he like gets by with the skin of his teeth mm-hmm. like in the the fourth movie he like pushes the button with one second left yeah i mean that's kind of a common trope with like he wins the battle and pushes the button in the nick of time mm-hmm. so like nothing happens so i think almost to end the last one with um i almost wonder if they're going to do a infinity war end game type situation yeah. where something bad happens in the seventh one and then the is fixed one. by him yeah. sacrificing himself. Yeah, he might. He like I've, I. I can totally imagine Tom Cruise. Like, like you, you have Luther be like, he's like Ethan. You always get out of this, and then he goes like, not this time, buddy. And then like he does the thing, and like yeah. he saves the day, and they all go to like his funeral or whatever. I feel like I feel like that's that's such a Mission Impossible way to end it. But like a part of me does want to be like, like let him be happy, like let yeah. just let him go be with his wife, you know, for like. I, you just can't picture it though. At least for yeah. me, you know what I mean. It always feels like because they've done that trope so many times. Where it's yeah, like, and they all lived happily ever after. And then they start the next movie. And it's like, where is the rabbit's foot? You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. It always seems like no matter how, it's this is kind of a dumb quote, but like mm-hmm. I watched The Incredibles recently. Mm-hmm. It's like Mr. Incredible at the beginning of the movie says, "No matter how many times the world gets saved, it always manages to get to get unsaved." Like, can you just stay saved for one yeah. minute? It always seems like. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, as long as he's still alive, there's still yeah. going to be things that pull him back into the action. I think that's just, like, how life works in general, though. It's like... That's true. It's like, you can do your hardest to help people, but, like, and then you pass away. People don't just stay helped. Like, you have to keep doing that. And I think I think that is one of the main themes. That, that's a theme in, like, 5 and 6, especially, where they're like, oh, you keep being an agent. But like, when when will this stop? And then Ethan Hunt's going like, "Oh, I'll never stop." I think in, in seven or eight, he should go. Man, I should have stopped. <laughs> also, Tom Cruise. I don't. Okay, I don't mean to be rude when I say this. Tom Cruise is old. He's like sixty. He's really pushing his body to the limit. He's still going though. He's it's still crazy. going. He's gonna hurt himself. Like he's like I. I don't mean that as like a joke. I mean genuinely, he might hurt himself. And I understand why he's doing what he's doing, and I'm sure there's like tons of safety protocols, and I'm sure like CGI protocol CGI is good enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. C- C- Keep going. CGI is good enough now to where you can make an accurate 3D body double, and no one will think it's like weird. But like, I don't know. I look in in my opinion, I'm gonna go into Dead Reckoning Part One, and I'm gonna think, okay, he's not gonna get away with this, and then Eight, I am fully expecting him to pass away. And yeah. then I'm expecting in like 2028 20, for them to bring him back to life, or for there to be a reboot, or for there to be like an animated series, or for there to be a Mission Impossible: The Next Generation. Because this thing prints money. This thing it pr- does. But I I also think. Uh, sorry, you can go. No, I, it's like I said before. I just mm-hmm. I just really hope they let one franchise for once just at least rest for yeah. a while. If you're gonna make something else, like. Start it with a new generation of fans. Like, wait, you know, 20, 30 years, in my opinion. Yeah. I really don't think it's, like, yeah. a, a five years later, come out with, like, oh, but look, this is another plot point. Yeah, it's it's kind of what, like, like I this is kind of random, but, like, John Wick Chapter 4 came out recently. And so I hope the movies end there. Like, there's enough for there to be a John Wick Chapter 5, but I'm really hoping it ends at Chapter 4. That's what I hope for for uh, Mission Impossible. I hope they end it at eight. Eight movies is a lot. 
Like, it like, is. like I know people compare it to like Marvel, but Marvel puts out like three movies a year, so they're <laughs> they're they're crazy over there. Their CGI is wild. Uh, is the best is the best term we'll, we'll use for it. But um, yeah. Um, one last thing. Just what I had. Uh, what would be your final ranking of all the movies? Okay, my final ranking of all these. So at the top is gonna go four. Then um, I've actually I've actually been thinking about this. I'm gonna go three, then five, then six, then two, then one. So four, three, five, six, two, one is mine. That's fair. That's fair. I'm gonna go four at the top. Uh huh. I, I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four, uh, five, which is Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. Six is Fallout, and then three. Mm-hmm. One, two. Yeah. I see. Just I, to base it on. I like, I think yours and mine is really similar. It's really just the difference between Mission Impossible 1 and Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. You know? And I think at, at the end of the day, um, it really, it really is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like most people can agree that the fourth and the fifth one are like top of the top, the best of the movies. Uh, three and six are kind of in the middle. Right. Three really gets it going. Six is kind of like, uh, there are great parts about it, but not as good as four and five. And then one and two are like, they're trying to figure this out. You know, there, there are so many yeah. glaring holes wrong with it. Yeah. But, but uh, you know what? I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, joining us, Nathan, especially talking about Mission Impossible. Yes, sir. The pleasure is all mine. Yeah. I-, I love talking about these And, uh, you know, I want to thank all you loyal listeners for listening tonight. And as always, we're always rolling. guys all enjoyed that episode of real talk for late listeners check your podcast player of choice for the full episode and make sure to follow weagle fm on instagram thank you and have a great night